welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Sometimes we've got into this idea that um, we have to look back and you still see it. You know, this has gone wrong. I've got sick. I lost my job. What did I do wrong? Uh, my, kids have, uh, my kids are getting bullied at school. Where did I go wrong? And in the past, we've encouraged, been encouraged to say, well, where did, I, where did I make the wrong choice? Where did I disobey God? I didn't intentionally disobey God, but maybe because of my desires that are contrary to God, I've just kind of gone with myself rather than gone with God. And I just want to knock it on the head, really, and say that is Old Testament thinking and belief. And God does not treat us according to the consequences of the law anymore. Um, if you choose evil and choose to live under the bondage of sin, then the wages of sin is death and evil is destructive. So definitely if you're choosing evil and you're choosing ungodliness, then definitely I can guarantee at some point things might go well for a while, but usually the consequences of evil are destruction or something not great is going to happen. But don't think we're talking about this category of choosing evil. We're talking about this category of with the best will in the world, with everything that we know to do to hear God, um, sometimes things just don't work out. They, don't, they either don't work out how we wanted them to, how we thought they might do, um, or, or everybody knows that's not great. And, and the question is why? And I think um, the answer is we can't really ask the question why because it doesn't help us. And the trouble is if you, if you start asking the question why, you end up in Old Testament theology. Somebody will start telling you, oh, well, it must be because of sin. It must be because of disobedience. It must be because of, uh, you watch that on the television when you shouldn't have done. It must be because of um, your evil internal desire. It must be because of. And um, I'm not sure if you've come across that. I've come across that. I still know people who, if something happens, they start soul searching and looking back at where did I go wrong? And I don't see life in those terms any, anymore. I, I believe we are blessed and we live in the blessing of God. And that is my, that is my stance in life. We, there are promises of being blessed and blessed is Good things happen. Um, that there is our salvation is about uh, prosperity. It's about health and healing. It's about living a life set free from the bondage of sin and death. It's about peace. It's about all of those things. That is God's intention for us. But I think I, I think we just have to hold this hearing God in this lightness which is what Phil was saying earlier on which is is it's just I think life isn't that serious and I remember talking to somebody um, a few months ago and they were saying it was about a relationship that hadn't worked and um, they were incredibly disappointed with God because they'd asked God about this relationship and God had said I won't let you come to any harm and the relationship broke up. And there was this horrible, she, 
that they were struggling why God had allowed them to go into this relationship when um, it ended up not working out. Now, I, I I, it's not great when a relationship doesn't work out. And I, 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 I don't think that, um, I, I don't know whether it was a right relationship or not. I have no idea about the relationship. But the fact of the matter is, what God said was, was true. She hadn't come to any harm. But it's a bit of that kind of interpretation, isn't it? That interprets you won't come to any harm. Yes, go ahead and have this relationship. Means, therefore, I'll end up married with three kids and a, and a house and whatever. Um, and, and, and so she was in this position of this terrible soul searching of, well, it didn't end how I wanted it to end. And God said it would be okay. Well, it was okay. She was alive and kicking and obviously dealing with some issues of whatever it, issues were brought up from a broken relationship. But sometimes we get so upset about our apparent obedience to God and then it doesn't work out. And um, I, I just think there's lots of reasons why things don't work out. And one of those reasons is other people have a free will. So you might be completely obedient to God and do what you believe is the right thing to do, and it doesn't work, and that's simply because someone else involved in the, in the issue just doesn't want to, doesn't want to do that, doesn't, is not in a place to do it, or that you know, other people are involved who have a free will. I'm just throwing in the middle some reasons why things go wrong if you're a Christian. And what I don't want you to end up with is a list of, well, it must be sin, it must be uh, I did something bad, it must be something my granddad did, it must be something, you know, and have this whole list. That is Old Testament. But things still go wrong for completely, perfectly well-intentioned Christians who are really trying hard to hear God's voice and do it. And... Um, I'd love to tell you that the Christian life is a complete bed of roses and you float along for the rest of your life and everything goes perfectly well. Um, but it, it doesn't. And that's because we live in a world. You know, if you're a Christian and you slip on the ice and fall off your bike and break your leg, um, that's not the devil doing it to you. That's not an open door because you were disobedient and you've got to find the door that you opened to the devil. We were forever looking for open doors for the devil. It's because we have gravity in this world that is a law that God gave for our benefit, and it's a real great benefit, and that the materials of ice, and that, that is not much friction. So I think when we, we teach about hearing God, and I, and I really do want you to hear God, and I really do want you to have hearts that are open to say, God, have you got an opinion on this? What, what, what? What is it here that is, is, is godly? What is it that you would choose? What, what is my heart attitude for doing that? I really want you to do that. But I don't want you to get into this whole then religious idea of, well, God told me to do that and therefore, um, therefore um, you should also do that. So, you know, God told me to marry you, so you had better marry me, okay, that, 
that's not how it works because God might have told you to marry her. Um, I don't think God does tell us to marry people, but that's a separate issue. Um, she might not want to. And that's entirely her choice, right? Um, it, the, uh, there's lots of different examples. Also, I think it's, it is important, and I'm going to say it again, it's, it's how we interpret what God says. And with whatever you do, you always interpret God through a lot of filters. And this, again, is prophetic, and we'll talk about it again next week. This is prophetic week teaching. But you filter what God says through your desires. They might not be wrong desires. It's just what you want. You filter God through your theology. You filter God through your upbringing, through what you expect from your... So I, I think just hold it lightly and don't get too bound up in it. And I think the, the, the saddest thing, and again, it's, a, it's still a bit of a prophetic week kind of teaching, is we, we have people who are with us who are so disappointed in God because God said something and it hasn't come to pass. And I don't think we hear God in order to get disappointed in him. I think God is more talking on the terms of go for it. I love you. Keep on. You're doing well. Um, you know, you're a great sportsman. I love it when you I love it when you <coughs> talk to your wife like that. I think when we talk about hearing God generally that is how he talks to us. It's not the waiting for the big thing. He does say big things. And, and maybe he has a great thing for you to do. Maybe he does want you to be the prime minister of Uganda or whatever. And, and he will definitely talk to you about that. And so I think it's, it's um, what, I, what I just wanted to add to what we've said is stay in your new covenant theology when it comes to hearing God. Otherwise, you will get in a lot of mess about um, interpreting what happens in, in your life as a consequence to you hearing God. And I think you just have to knock it off. All of the stuff about, oh, it must be sin, it must be this, it must be I, I was disobedient, I've got to look for where I went wrong. If you are sinning perpetually and that's the lifestyle you're choosing, then probably you do have to soberly consider whether you are living a holy life and whether your behavior is helping you to live in the consequence of, you know, blessing. Because, you know, if you are doing things that are evil, and when I use that term, I just mean things that are destructive, things that are not, then... It, somewhere down the line something is going to happen as a consequence of that. Um, so I'm not saying we don't examine ourselves. The Bible is very clear. We do examine ourselves. But what I'm saying is there's so many Christians who actually are not really engaged in evil. They're not really heart set on evil, who still spend most of their life feeling that somewhere along the line they've missed it, they've done it wrong, God is punishing them for doing something wrong, making a wrong decision, choosing to do one thing when they should have done another thing. And I just want to say that isn't New Covenant theology, it's not New Testament. And yes, examine. Yes, say, God, something happened. Is, is there something here? Is there, is, is there a reason that this keeps happening to me? Is there a reason I never have any money? You know, is there a reason that I'm always in debt? Yes, 
ask God the question, is there a reason? But don't come to the conclusion necessarily that it must be sin, it must be um, disobedience, because it might be something else. It might be whatever. It, it might be a, a completely other explanation. It might be somebody else's, you know, contribution to that. It might be, um, it's just life sometimes. And I'm, uh, I'm going to put a dampener on hearing God, but sometimes life just doesn't work out how we want it to work out. Yes, God brings up all things good. And, um, and he does, and he's a master at that. Um, but that doesn't always happen the day after the bad thing happened. It sometimes takes a bit of patience. It sometimes takes a bit of faith to know that even in this situation, good things happen. And um, in a way, in our Western Christianity, we really forget about, we, we live a very blessed Christianity and we live a life that is, is great. We don't live a life where the likelihood is we might get arrested tomorrow because we believe or because we baptize somebody. Um, so I think um, probably for us, we, we kind of have a great expectation in our life that it's just gonna be, you know, life is just gonna be perfectly, completely trouble free. But we don't have many promises in the Bible of trouble free lives, I'm sorry to tell you. But it's glorious and it's good and we're blessed and God is always good. And I think I think sometimes we, we get into this theology that says, you know, everything's just gonna be perfectly fine. And if it isn't, it's because you let the devil in, you were disobedient, you were sinful. That's Old Testament theology. It's not what we live in. We live in the reality of, I am inherently good. I basically make good decisions. If I make bad decisions, God is my father and he will, um, the Bible uses the word rebuke, which we kind of don't like very much, but, but he does. That's not to say he punishes us. He doesn't give us sickness to teach us a lesson, but he, he doesn't allow us to continue on a path that is going to destroy us. He loves us and so he will, he will in some way, but he doesn't do that by bringing disaster on us. He doesn't get our attention by, you know, causing us to crash our car because we, uh, decided to, I can't think of an example, but you know, because we decided to um, go to this church and not go to that church. Um, and, and you might think that's ridiculous, but Christians believe it. They have believed it. We have believed it that this disaster happened and therefore uh, somewhere along the line, this is God rebuking me or punishing me or God doesn't rebuke us or punish us or teach us by bringing disaster in our lives. Uh, hopefully I'll say that many, many times in school, but he doesn't. That is Old Testament theology. I don't think he actually really did it in the Old Testament either, but that's a long story for another day. We are New Covenant believers. God does not deal with us by inflicting us with cancer to teach us a lesson that we made the wrong choice 20 years ago. That is not who our God is. So I would say, Hold what God says to you lightly, but passionately, by faith, do what you believe is right to do. But don't get into all the heart-searching, soul-searching, um, well, if I hadn't have done this, this wouldn't have happened. Um, because things happen. 
preachers in China preach the gospel, they get put in prison. Does that mean they shouldn't have preached the gospel? No, it doesn't. Um, you know, sometimes you, um, I don't know, there's loads of examples. Life just isn't perfectly without issues. Um, but that doesn't mean to say you didn't do the right thing. It doesn't mean to say you didn't obey God. It doesn't mean to say God's angry with you. It doesn't really mean anything. It just means God never guaranteed that we would live a problem-free life. And I think if you get your, your kind of theology right, your thinking right, that says God doesn't punish me, God does not give me sickness so that I can go into a hospital and, um, you know, tell somebody about Jesus. That God just doesn't, that just isn't how God works. If you are in hospital because you got sick and you preached to somebody about Jesus, fantastic. No problem with that. But it's, it's our, we just get our, our thinking right of God is not holding us to ransom about our decision making on how we hear him. And, and otherwise you can't, you'd become paralyzed as a Christian because you can't work out you know, do I marry her or do I not marry her? Because what if she's not the one and then it's just going to all work out badly for the rest of my life? You can never get married. You can never make a decision. You just can't. You know, what if, should, should I buy this car or that car? Uh, what if God wanted me to buy that car and I bought this car? Does that mean I'm going to crash it? And it becomes superstition and witchcraft and, and really horrible. And, and unfortunately, a lot of Christians still have this niggling doubt inside that somehow God is there to judge our decision-making based on how we, what we think he said, and we get it wrong, then sorry guys, but you, you're back in that cursed category because of disobedience. And um, I, I'm making it a bit extreme. I know, I know none of us think that, but actually what happens in our minds is this little voice comes in and says, see this disaster here, you see, you see you lost your job, well, that must be because, um, and then you get all these thoughts. And what I would suggest you do with those thoughts is, say, God, is there anything in this? And I think you know the answer to that straight away. You don't have to pray and fast for four days, dig up every idea you ever had to work out whether it was right or wrong. God can tell you, that God really wants to tell you if you are set on a path of destruction definitely really wants to tell you. In fact, he's probably been shouting it for the last few weeks or months. You probably know already. And if the answer is, the simple answer is, I don't, I don't hear anything, please don't start searching for whether your granddad did something or, you know, your grandma might have done something but you're not sure and therefore this calamity has come on me. That is Old Testament theology. It's not what we live in. And then you, you, you deal with it in a New Testament way, which is you take the thought captive, you speak the truth, you take your authority and, and command, command good to come out of the situation. You trust God, you love him, you thank him at all times and, it, and, and you um, consider it pure joy. That's not to say you embrace embrace things going wrong but that's the New Testament response the New Testament response isn't soul searching where was I disobedient so um, I know I've repeated myself about three times saying that but it's just really sad because Christians really get in a mess on this issue and um, you might be doing everything right and everything might go wrong but 
you know what, we, we have an eternity to exist. And that's not to say that wrong things aren't awful and painful things aren't terrible. They are. And, and I would rather avoid it at all costs. I would love a life that is just perfectly floating and um, that's all I ever have to deal with. Um, but these are temporary, momentary time in our existence. And in, in the context of, of that, um, the scripture says, consider it pure joy. Rejoice, be thankful in all circumstances. Think on these things, think on the good things. And um, rather than start thinking about bad things, well, how can I? So um, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that. I, it was just something that I um, wanted to add. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you have experienced that kind of opening the door to the devil kind of theology. Um, I mean, we hear it all the time. I, I still have people, there's probably people in our church that still believe that. Um, I'm going to say it again, probably the third or fourth time. If you decide to embark on an evil lifestyle, okay, that doesn't mean say you are evil. It means all the destructive things that we can do that are embraced in evil. If you want to know what evil is, read um, the Bible. And, uh, you know, it will tell you hatred is evil. You know, all of those things. Doesn't mean say you're evil, but if you embark on a lifestyle of destruction. Sure, sure, you're going to get destruction, okay? That, that's a given, and that's why Jesus went to the cross to set us free, that we don't have to live in the bondage of living in destruction anymore. Um, but um, I think that's all I have to say, uh, otherwise I will repeat myself for the fourth time. Yep, so I can just give you an example of where I know, I'm really, really fairly certain, <laughs> just thinking about what Phil said before. God said, I think God said. Um, but what happened was that I, um, I've been to India three times. And the last time I went was in 2012. Um, in 2011, um, around October time, I woke up with a dream. And I don't dream very often, but in the dream, I was packing for India. And so I was getting, I was all a bit flustered because I thought I had to hurry up and get to the airport when um, a friend of mine in the dream said, it's okay, you're not going to January. And then I woke up. So in my head now, I've got India, January. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, that, that's quite a, it was quite clear. Um, and then that very morning I went down and I, ha I got a post, in the post, I got a letter from my friend in India telling me about a pastor's conference in January. And suddenly I just felt God saying, I want you to be at that conference. I want you to participate and be part of the teaching of that conference. So um, I then, I, I don't like traveling alone, um, just simply because of having a disability, there, it's a bit of a challenge. So, you know, cases and, and everything. So when I started off on the journey of traveling, um, I felt God promised that he would always provide me with like a Barnabas. Like, you know, Saul had Barnabas, Paul had Barnabas. So I'd always have someone. But then I'm thinking, this is October. There isn't a lot of time then to, to plan. And who am I going to find to take me? I can't afford to pay for my flight and their flight. So it's going to have to be someone who's willing to provide. For anyway, a friend, uh, Sarah's name came into my head. And so I text her. And I just said, I've just had this random experience. Um, 
I'd really like to go. I know you're interested in India. Um, what do you think? Have a pray. Talk to your husband and then get back to me. And a few minutes later, she texts back saying, yes, I'd love to come. So, so, so they, it just felt so right. So we went, we got to India and we had a really good time. I mean, the pastor's conference was amazing. The, I just talked about the father heart of God and his love and, and it, it really, you could see the impact and by the end of the week pastors were coming to me saying that, you know, just thank you so much for, you know, what you shared. And, um, and then we, we stayed with um, my friend Raki, who had a little girl, um, a, a baby, and um, they couldn't afford to have the baby immunised. So instead of staying in a hotel, we would stay with them. So we paid them as if we were going to be in a hotel and they were able to use that to immunise the baby. And it, and it just felt absolutely spot on you know, like the whole week two weeks was amazing um but one of the trips to where we were going on the bus the bus hit a pothole and during as as it sort of like it went down and, and a massive bump um which i felt my back go and what happened was i slipped a disc and i've been in pain since <laughs> so i slipped a disc trapped a nerve which the disc has since gone back into place, but it permanently damaged the nerve, and I now have pain. And, it's, and God hasn't healed it yet, and I'm still praying for healing, and it will come, I believe he can do that. But, but that's just an example of something not going right, but you, you just got have confidence that you're doing the right thing, but something's gone wrong, and it was just a pothole in the road that the bus hit, and I wasn't, ready for it, I wasn't braced for it, and I just jolted my back. So, anyway. I think it's just yeah. that, that idea, isn't it, that well, if you are in the will of God, everything will go all right. And um, read Paul's CV. <laughs> uh, what's the scripture reference? Corinthians. Anyway, it's a number of places. Uh, he's talking, is it Corinthians? He's talking about his qualifications for apostleship. And uh, he lists his qualifications, shipwrecked three times, in cold, in hunger, in thirst, in, and on and on it goes. So um, that's the good news for <laughs> but it, <laughs> to end with for lunch. <laughs> it's joyous. It's really joyous, yeah. <laughs> but that, that kind of Christianese that says, you know you're in the will of God if everything's going well, is not true. That's the end of the lesson. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.au.